Assalamu alaikum guys and welcome back to another episode of The Word Affairs. I hope you're all having an amazing week. I've had an incredibly busy and stressful week. Literally felt like I could not breathe at some point and that is being very dramatic but um it's been a good week nevertheless um I hope that you all got up to something good I hope that you all had some eventful times and welcome back to the podcast so I think that today's episode is going to be a little shorter than usual um and I know I literally say that all the time whenever I start the podcast but I think we always end up running over to about like over an hour sometimes with the with the episodes and you guys seem to love it um but I think that for the sake of sanity we should keep it short this week and change it up a bit um but yeah I think that I just wanted to sit down and talk a little bit about the concept of how one person always feels like they can't make an impact with what they do but that's said by about seven eight billion people um, and if you don't know what I'm referring to I'm referring to the concept of how when we are told that we need to make a change or when we're told like you can do this to help something or do that to help something the first thing we think is well how's that going to help it's only me I'm the only person making this change how's that going to help it's not even going to make a, a, a difference it's not even going to make an impact on anything and that is said by so many people to the point where I don't know how many people currently are on the earth I want to say about 8 billion that's probably maybe even said by 8 billion people and when you really think about it that's actually a big collection of people it's a collaborative effect and it's the reminder of just how impactful your small actions could be and they weigh heavy upon the scales one day inshallah as well and it goes positively and it goes negatively you don't know what one action of yours could have a lasting impact on someone else or something else and I think the first biggest example we can even think about is the protests um you know as you guys know today it's the sun it's Sunday the 12th of November so yesterday was um armistice day and in the UK and that's essentially like a day that is um it's it's a it's a day marked for the remembrance of the um soldiers that gave their lives up for wars um and not just for world war one or world war two it's actually for wars collectively around the world so for example wars in iraq and you know and it's not just for soldiers of that country it's for everyone and it's a very big um moment and a big event in the uk and obviously it landed collectively with that but at the same time every weekend now for the several past weeks now there have been protests for Palestine what are referred to as pro-Palestinian protests and there was this big you know scuffle about whether that should happen or not you know oh some were like that's really disrespectful others were like no because if you think about it they are actually advocating for armistice like they're literally advocating for a ceasefire that is happening right now in it in the sense of a genocide and there are people who are taking advantage of that and there was um some ridiculous people who were calling it hate marches and um also had very high um positions of power um and it's really unfair that people like that 
could get away with using those types of um, remarks and even throwing in the words such as such as Islamists and like jihad and terrorists, which is honestly so so provocative, and it's just so um, disappointing. I mean, did we cry our eyes over it? Did we go uh, to bed not being able to sleep? No, love, we did not because, quite frankly, we're used to it by now. Um, but this constant um, this constant criminalization of Islam that is used in the media by specific people to create a hidden agenda it's just like so tiresome like guys do you not get bored of the same narrative like change it up a bit spice it up a bit come on do you know what I mean like add, add something different to it because it's 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 the same thing going on for many many years now why are we always getting the blame for everything um and yeah i think it's got to a point now where people are actually starting to see through that and it's not the same as it may have been um, many, many years ago. However, then the funniest part about that was that obviously now these protests went ahead with the happy acceptance of the police organisation. They were more than happy and they called them peaceful protests and they were more than happy to engage in that. And that was not taken very well by some people. Now, this was the right wing group um that are typically referred to as edl in the english defense league funnily enough that is actually organized by an irishman um and they then created a very hateful um a very very uh, well it was not peaceful to say the least it was um a, a, a fight essentially and it was almost a riot it was practically a riot actually it was not even almost a riot it was a riot because it was a um a very hateful kind of like reaction towards the police in fact the point where before the two minute silence that we do for armistice day they were actually chanting you let your country down towards the police people uh, as if those people who were actually there at the front lines of the protest as if they were the ones who were responsible for the decision like maybe go and protest in front of the actual leaders of it but you know what i mean um anyways so it was really really funny i actually find it so funny and that's the thing like it was hilarious because has as if like as if there was this narrative that was actually trying to be pushed and forced through the media was that was literally trying to be channeled and fueled to the point where they were trying to incite hate towards the people who are protesting for palestine which let's remind you of the fact that majority of them are muslims majority of them are from ethnic communities and majority of them are obviously in fact all of them are against the genocide in um palestine there are non-muslim members of there there are people who are of non-ethnic communities like it's a collaboration it's a collective effort and this narrative that was trying to be pushed in the media that was referring to as jihad was first of all just incorrect because um that's literally not the meaning of it but second of all um not everyone there was muslim and thirdly that's literally again not what was happening so they were trying to absolutely fuel this narrative yet then surprise surprise they were not expecting these random people that have been not like had nothing to do with the situation then just randomly turn up one day and cause an absolute riot before um the two minute silence on armistice day so it's hilarious that the fact that they're referring to the pro-palestinian protests as hateful it was actually reversed and actually just thrown back in their face and they were right-wing um right-wing groups which essentially also reflects the government because it's a right-wing government absolutely hilarious to me and um it was just so funny to watch boil down what was upsetting though um, and what was really really um it was just oh it was just really 
it made me feel angry to actually to even see it and not gonna lie it, it wasn't um surprising we weren't surprised it was like almost as if we were expecting it because we're like honestly so used to it by now um but it's just it just makes you angry because it's like come on really again um and it was really funny in fact as well to a certain extent because there was a article that was released um and there's actually two articles that i want to talk about um so there was an article that was released um now i can't remember if it was sky news or bbc news at this point they literally do the same failed attempts um but they had released a headline that said something like fights break out amongst the police and groups of protests and the picture that they used was a picture of the pro-palestinian protests with the palestine flags now what's hilarious about that is number one you did not name the groups that caused the fight the group was not the pro-palestinian protest the group was the edl and the right-wing protests number two the picture is so misleading because it's a representative image of the group that was doing the peaceful protests just to put it into perspective for you 90 arrests were made from the right-wing protest and zero arrests were made from the pro-palestinian protests now that is very very surprising i guess for some people um so that entire headline was so misleading because they were trying to again push this narrative or trying to elude the the readers into thinking oh this has got to do with the palestinians this has got to do with the palestinian protests oh it's so bad this is so hateful oh my god they were fighting that's not what happened it was actually the right-wing people but they didn't want to mention that and so it's really really angering in sense to see that Uh, the second headline that i saw which honestly made me laugh now this is what i'm loving i'm loving this now i'm going to talk about this headline first and i'm going to tell you what i love about it and the the headline was released by sky news which are honestly just pathetic at their job at this point um because they do this on purpose um last week or the week before when there was a massive protest for palestine in london like for example in the westminster bridge there were about five hundred thousand people that marched peacefully for that protest and sky news reported it as something like i want to say a hundred thousand they reported it as a hundred thousand and everyone was like are you for real because it was not a hundred thousand babe it was literally five hundred thousand now like let's just fast forward to this week where we knew it was going to be a massive protest how did we know because first of all it's just getting bigger and bigger in numbers as the weeks have gone by secondly um all the coaches that um traveled to london were actually fully booked out they were fully booked out leading up to the days of saturday Um, and that just was kind of like an indicator of like okay this is gonna be big um and there weren't just protests in london just for the record there were protests around manchester around everywhere else including the world like last week i think it was there was two million people who um marched for palestine in indonesia and i don't know you probably know as well the media did not report that uh for a reason as usual um and so anyways this time apparently i can't get a grasp of the actual figure i heard eight hundred thousand last night and then my brother came and told me it was actually 1.2 million and then other um outlets were saying 1 million but sky lovely news actually reported it as something like three hundred thousand. i 
was like, are you for real right now? Are you actually? And it was so funny because it actually popped up on my phone as a notification. And I just looked at it and I just burst out laughing. That was the first thing I did because, and by the way, I saw that before I'd even heard of like the actual figures. I didn't know what the actual figures were, but I knew for a fact it was not 300,000. Like you must be kidding because that's a joke. If you're going to lie, at least make it, at least make it a bit believable. Like if you're going to lie, let's go with the flow let's add some actual realistic attempts to it let's play true let's play two truths and one lie like let's do that because you clearly can't you can't do it um and it reminds me of being back in this is why it makes me laugh it makes me laugh because quite frankly we've got to a point now where many 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 people now are not trusting the media now i had a lovely lovely conversation with one of my um good friends and they are not muslim her family are not muslim she's not a muslim and initially when uh 7th of october rolled around and the first kind of like stuff happened that week um she is honestly one of the most amazing people i've ever met she is honestly an activist in her own right and i'm super proud of her for that and she just can she reads through the lies and she finds what's realistic and she speaks to the people themselves and i love that for her and um she was at home and her family were talking about this and they were listening to BBC News and Sky News and they were like oh my god this is crazy like oh Israel needs to find Hamas like Hamas are terrorists oh my god like this well this wouldn't be happening if Israel you know if they hadn't uh, attacked Israel like they attacked Israel first da, 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 da. and my friend literally sat, had to sit them down and be like guys you do realize that's not the truth they were like no don't be ridiculous and they're like no 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 you are literally looking at the wrong media so she sat them down and she explained to them, actually, this has been happening for 75 years and it's actually a genocide happening right now. And she went on about it and she then showed them um, the actual pictures and images and the atrocities that were happening in uh, Gaza and the rest of Palestine. And her mum got so upset to the point she was literally like in tears and she was like, just don't show me. She was like, please just take it away. I don't want to see it. And then a week later, she walked in on her dad watching and trying to find Al Jazeera news. And I just found it like, I don't think I'll ever forget that story in my head because I find it so powerful but it's that thing of that one impact that that one person made now that impacted her family but then that was slowly snowballed into a bigger effect and that is the power that we as civilians have we are frustrated because we are calling for a ceasefire we all are protesting in our own ways we are either doing it physically at marches we are either doing it on social media trying to raise awareness and use our voices we are either trying to boycott actual products that are um, funding and supporting the IDF and the Israeli colonist um, kind of like organization and a lot of us are doing all three and the point is we are kind of getting frustrated and tired of the fact that yeah we are literally using our voices using our platforms to call for a ceasefire and to actually ask for action and to hold Israel accountable for the war crimes and to hold people like this government accountable for their war crimes for supporting and aiding and abetting in war crimes and it feels like we're falling on deaf ears but when you really sit down and think about it we're actually not we're not falling on deaf ears they know exactly what they are doing and they will be held accountable for that one day if not in this life then definitely the next but the point i'm trying to make is that when we feel like oh my god like we're doing this every week what good's gonna come out of it da, 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 da so much good is coming out of it to the point where we are educating people who don't know they are they've been brainwashed or they have been misled about the reality of the situation and by you standing and holding your ground and actually being there and being defiant in that and choosing to turn away from what the media is trying to lure you into you are holding a ground and you are standing there and you are telling them look this is wrong and 
it is actually being heard and it is being listened to and it relates back to the concept of the media now it reminds me of when I was in year 11 year 10 and year 9 year 9 was the first time I was ever introduced to the concept of um controversy it was the first time I was ever um, introduced to the concept of propaganda but I didn't really understand it that well and the reason why we were introduced to it was because we were learning about the um initiation of world war one and how you know the whole thing happened between Austria-Hungary and you know stuff like that and, and and the Archduke Franz Ferdinand and then news outlets and stuff like this right it was the first time we were introduced to it but not in that much um detail and then then I am so grateful every single day like I am so grateful for choosing history as a GCSE because I remember then we did history and um, for one of the uh, topics on the papers one of the papers was related to um, oh god what was it called it was called World War Two and Britain and the assignments so then we had assessments back then they were like oh, what were they called what did we call them but they were like basically um like long pieces of extended writing out of 50 marks and they would uh, it was like coursework basically it was just coursework and that contributed to your overall GCSE and for the record I got 49 out of 50 or 48 out of 50 on my coursework for that year um, and that coursework specifically was on Nazi Germany now Nazi Germany is insane it is an insane topic to read about oh my god I still remember everything that I read about it was just amazing but it it, it nicely complements World War Two and Britain and um the main thing that we were taught was the concept of how deep and heavy propaganda went into kind of like playing the main parts of the wars there was propaganda used in Germany okay um to make the people of Germany obviously follow and and join the nazi regime and accept that as as the leading kind of representative of their country all right you had things like um the 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 stories that hitler would tell them about how they need to regain their peace and their pride for for their country you had pictures around the whole of of nazi germany then when the um kind of like things that when he started to come into power and the things that he did for them for example he made the volks like he, they not him specifically but germany was responsible for making the Volkswagen car and it was called the car of the people and the reason for that was because it was just a fantastic initiative for them to to like uh, get into and the reason for this was because if you look at what Germany had to go through after World War One they had massive reparations to pay for what they did and it led the country into like a sinking economy and the uh, inflation increased through the roof to the point where um money it just held no value so we know that when inflation increases you need more money to like buy the same amount because literally it just doesn't hold its value anymore so it got to a point where like for you to buy a bread like a loaf of bread from the bakery you were having to take wheelbarrows of money because they were printing out so much money but it had no value so like one piece of one loaf of bread was costing you a wheelbarrow of notes and and check this up it's, it's insane just write in just go onto google and type in inflation in nazi germany inflation in uh, germany after world war one and it'll come up you can see the actual pictures um and you can see the newspaper outlets it got to a point where um obviously the cost of living crisis back then was horrific and again inflation was at, at an all-time high so just to keep their houses warm people were burning the money because there was so much money they had nothing to do with it they couldn't use it to any extent so they would burn the money just to keep themselves warm because obviously you need so much money to make the same amount and 
then you know hitler came in and he had some messed up ideologies like he was crazy with what he said and it was incredibly wrong and what he did was he basically lifted germany from that sinking kind of like deprivation and he raised them to become a very powerful nation because obviously we know they almost conquered the world in this war and he got it to such a point where pretty much everyone almost everyone had a job they had a uh, an income coming in he had a specific type of um recruitment service or like a like a um, like a community kind of like um service thing going on for the uh teens um he would give money to uh specific like i think it was like married couples and stuff and they like you know created jobs they created a boost like a boom in the economy again and stuff like that but the reason and the way that hitler even got millions of people to listen to him in the first place was through propaganda was through using censorship they used a lot of censorship in their uh, media in their news in everything now how did that reflect in uh britain it was the same britain honestly um they obviously had to realize they realized right okay well we're going to war we've just made this decision out of nowhere we need to get our people on board and they started to fuel media with propaganda every single advertisement was about how it would be so beautiful and so rewarding to join your army lord kitchener needs you those types of posters where the man was pointing at the screen and um, at the poster sorry and dotted around the whole of the country um it fueled such a sense of patriotism this propaganda that they were using to the point where the um age limit to join the army was 18 years old but you had boys as young as 15 trying to skirt their way through just because that is how passionate they were about the cause that did not happen overnight if someone tells you your country is going to war now you're going to think the first thing is like why are you getting involved for that's the first thing you think why are we getting involved our country is literally in ruins why are we deciding to get involved in this war um but obviously think back to it then and and you had this immense sense of patriotism and militarism you had this sense of like people wanted to help their country because of propaganda to the point where when people went to the cinema the movies that were being shown were in relation to how they would defeat the army um of the other country it would be like defeating the nazis it would be like um uh, like biopics of like specific soldiers it'd be it'd be very very powerful initiative in that they were also censoring they were censoring what was actually happening in reality now think about how um perhaps the holocaust was being shown at that time as well and how people didn't know the reality behind what was happening with the holocaust people didn't know what germany was doing or perhaps if they did they felt like oh we can't do much about it also think about how nazi germany probably censored that from their people their own people who then also more also had this immediate hatred towards the jewish community but then they didn't see the wrong that the government was doing by putting them in concentration camps and stuff like that because they were so blinded by their patriotism and by their love that all has stuff to do with uh censorship and propaganda and 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 controversies and the media right so just think about how powerful it was at that time now fast forward to 2023 now where you would think that we have got so far past that look at what's happening now censorship is so huge in the media where journalists are asking crazily ridiculous questions and they are not showing the reality of what's happening in gaza the first question that people throw at the pro-Palestinian um, guests that they invite onto their news shows, uh, the first question they throw at them is, do you condemn Hamas? 
and it's like okay but I'm trying to tell you I'm trying to explain to you like what's happening and you just throw this ball in my face and it's like you will not let me live right you have this um these fake um figures being reported um by the media that is literal censorship like 300,000 in, in representatives of what the actual millions or the 800,000 people that actually marched and you've got these misleading headlines it's all propaganda it's all censorship but the beautiful part of it this time is people are seeing through the reality you cannot tell me that we had almost close to a million people marching and they were wrong if if you've got something to march for and there's one million people almost one million people or an estimated amount of one million people marching for that cause there's no way in hell you could tell me that a million people are wrong that just does not make sense and on top of that that just shows how weak the media is this time round. you can see through the reality thanks to social media and i think it's actually quite a sad reality that we live in such a time where we are we are um we we what's the word i'm trying to look for we're relying, that's the word, we're relying on something like social media that we were always told spreads fake news that is not reliable um, and stuff like that. But it's actually reversed. And when today, in today's age, we are we are relying on social media to tell us what's actually happening. What What is the actual scene in Gaza right now? What's the genocide happening like today? My um, my cousin actually forwarded me a, um, a reel. She sent me a reel of a uh, tank or like a car um, that was actually running over the body of a dead civilian in, in Gaza, a Palestinian. And it was so brutal and it was so, so scary. And it just made me shocked. Like it actually made my stomach turn. And it it, it it knocked me sick because I thought to myself like, how do you still say that that's peaceful? How are you still saying that you're searching for Hamas? How are you still saying that you're... Um, you're 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 the innocent people does not make sense the fact that the media is honestly really onto this now because for example like you know when when the the whole news the fake news started spreading about the 40 beheaded babies um by hamas the 40 israeli babies and then israel had to retract their very own statement about that like do you know how embarrassing that is and um, because quite frankly it was not true um that's so embarrassing the picture that they released of the um they said like their their i don't know it was like their babies or something were burned and they released a picture of oh these were the remains this is who you're trying to support and it was a picture of <laughs> it was a picture of teeth that were like left over and dentists actually came out and they were like hey dentist here those are not real teeth and nor are they representative of baby teeth that is actually a specific material that we use to make fake teeth and it's actually a fake replica of teeth by the way that is not even the kind of like um biological i don't know representative of baby teeth that's actually adult teeth and it's fake because it's a fake material and if teeth were to burn they would not look like that and it was just oh it, it just makes me laugh it makes me laugh to think wow you are trying to fall you're trying to fuel again another narrative in the news and yet this is a reality it's so bad and it's so fake to the point where even normal people can see through it and that just shows you how powerful actually using your own brain for once is like you're using your own brain you're actually educating yourself you're actually standing up for what's right and you're actually disputing the fake news and you are showing the facts and look at the the beauty of it look at how powerful that is and look how strong that is and that is something that you should always remember but sadly there is a negative of that 
the negative of that is people who then become um anti-semitic now when we say anti-semitic you've got to really think about that carefully about what that means and by you talking out against israel and by you telling people that israel is wrong for what they are doing and that the idf is vile because they are and by telling them about the prime minister and how wrong he is and how cold and calculating he is it's not anti-semitic but that is actually anti-zionist which is the right way of going about it because you cannot support zionism now on the opposite section you've got anti-semitism which is like a hatred against jews you have to remember one thing what is going on and what the israeli colonizers are doing right now and the settle like the settling kind of like community are doing right now they do not represent all of judaism they do not represent all jews and you have to remember that because when you see pro-palestinian protests you've got non-muslim communities there as well like for example the orthodox jews or the um people who who had family members in in the holocaust you've got people who identify as jews and you've got people who uh, relate to the Jewish community and they are standing proud and tall in the fact of that. You've got so many people who have actually uh, cancelled their birthright visit to uh, Israel because they do not support what is going on right now. And you've got the Orthodox Jews who are honestly actually even going through their own harassment in in Israel right now. I saw a video um, of the IDF soldiers shoving and pushing Orthodox Jews into the shutters of shops, actually hurtling them at the um shutters of shops throwing them into the alleyways and and like kicking them it was it was honestly so scary it really upset me because these weren't like these were young people and old people you've seen videos of them spitting at nuns at nuns in the vid in the in the streets and um, shoving the nuns what did the nuns do to you i don't understand and so when we talk about um you know the genocide that's happening against the palestinians yes majority of them are muslims it's not just the muslims though sadly it's the christians and the jews and so when we talk about um what we say about israel you have to remember that is not reflective of the entire jewish community now if one person comes out and starts inciting hate towards the jewish community for what they have done you have to remember there's a big difference between zionism and judaism they are not the same thing you need to speak to an, a proper jew an actual uh, person who can tell you this and they will tell you the exact differences between judaism and zionism they are two different things so you have to be very careful with where your comments fall into it if one person speaks up today and starts inciting hate towards jews that can snowball into something else and that's actually the incorrect way of using your power and using your voice so that's something we have to remember and be very careful towards as well but it's that reminder of just how powerful your actions can be one person might feel like they're not making a difference but that is being said by countless of people and when you come together it's a it's a big representative of the fact that we as human civilians who are not in governmental kind of like positions we still have the power to show the world what is actually happening we have the power to show them and we can choose to either use that power or abuse that power and what we must always remember to do is always use it in the right way and that is the most important part about it but that was my little rant about that and just knowing just how powerful we are and don't back down never back down never what never give up um but yeah that's just it just reminds me of that sound all the time and uh, but it's true we we have to be very careful with how we use our power but also always remember that your voice does matter no matter how little or how um how much you're using it you are making a difference with every word you say but anyways i'm going to be moving on to a quick reddit thread uh just to end the episode with because i do want to keep it short today so let's get into it 
So the title goes, Am I the idiot for rejecting my friend's romantic advances and not giving him a chance? There is this friend who's 21 years old and male from my college with whom I have been friends for quite a while now. His ex-girlfriend cheated on him, so I helped him to recover from it. I listened to him venting about his ex-girlfriend and gave him company as a good friend would. But after some time, he started being protective of me. He was st- he started being wary of my outfits, like what I should wear and what I should not wear. It ticked me off a bit, but then I ignored it, thinking he attempted to be a good friend of mine. After a few weeks, he confessed to me that he liked me and was thinking of starting a relationship with me that he thought would end in marriage. I don't want to be in a relationship with him as I have just gotten out of a toxic relationship recently. My previous partner was a fraud he was dating me whilst he was engaged to a different girl which was heartbreaking for me so I decided that I wasn't going to jump into another relationship also I don't see him as more than a friend but he kept persuading me to date him which is making me kind of agitated he is very persistent and says uncomfortable stuff like in my mind you are mine and we are going to end up getting married like some lovesick guy it's making me uncomfortable but I don't want to make him feel bad and hurt him am I the idiot for rejecting him oh give me a break oh my god um no you're not the idiot if anything i would cut that guy off i think men who and this doesn't go for men actually it's not even a man thing let me just rephrase that and re and erase that people who can't take no for an answer are a bit of a red flag and i don't mean no on little things like if we say oh can we get ice cream today and you say no and then they like are upset about that okay that's fine i mean come on they wanted to get ice cream that's fine but if there's like a big decision about like hey i like you and i want to get into a relationship with you and then you're like no i'm gonna be honest like i'm not comfortable with that and then they're like well in your mind in my mind you are mine and like we're already married like that's just no 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 that's a red flag on top of that it's really weird how he became controlling of like or not even controlling but protective of the way she dressed and like kind of told her off for a few outfits before he'd even confessed to her that he liked her like bit bit odd if you're gonna mess up at least do it in the right order um and that is a bit weird i mean i personally i get if you're in a relationship and if someone turns around to you and says like i'm not really comfortable with what you're wearing obviously obviously it matters on it depends on what they're wearing and how many times it's happened and what it is about specifically there's actually like i think you have to be very respectful of your partner's position in your life and if there's something that you're doing that's not comfortable to them you know you have every right to voice that but like this guy's not even in a relationship with her and he's already started and it's just really weird but um i just think that it is a bit odd and i don't think she's the idiot for trying to tell him that she doesn't want anything but mostly on top of that as well she's being very mature she's just come out of something that was not very nice and she's heartbroken and the idea of moving into another relationship straight away is just not something that she would want to do especially with someone who she considers considers a friend um but yeah i think that's really creepy i'm not gonna lie like i think it's creepy what he's saying i think in his head he's trying to be romantic and he's trying to you know win her over or he's like hey i'll stay in the friend zone for a while but i know that eventually i'm gonna get out of it um but yeah i just don't think that's right i saw a uh video and it was really funny and reminded me uh of a tiktok and there was this girl and they were muslim and um she told one of her guy mates um eventually that you know she's going to be getting married and she'd done it through the whole like arranged marriage process and she was really like happy she really liked the guy so like they they you know she was telling her guy mate like um <laughs> she told sorry i'm just laughing she told her guy friend like that hey you know i just got some news for you like i'm actually like 
you're seeing someone right now through an arranged marriage process and it looks like we're gonna be getting married soon and this guy burst into tears and he just started crying and he started smacking the dashboard of the car and she literally was like telling the story and she was like I was really scared and I was like so confused with why he's reacting like this and then she was like what the hell like what's wrong with you are you okay and stuff and he was just like you can't get married to him. You can't get married to him. And she was like, why do you know him? Like, is there something wrong with him? And he was like, no, it's because I love you. And she was like, what? Like, mate, we're just friends. And he was like, no, we're not. Like, I know you've always wanted to be friends, but I've never seen you as a friend. I've always seen you as more than a friend, but I've always been respectful of it. And I thought eventually it'll happen one day and it's not happening. And now you're going to get married. And he was just so angry. And then first he was upset. And then when she said like, look, no, like that's never happening. I've never seen you in that way. That's when he started to get frustrated and and started taking it out of the flipping car <laughs> but um this is why i personally just don't think that guys and girls can be friends friends and i know that people are a bit like they dispute that and i also know that some people hold the same val- uh, same what's the word same um view in their head um and i know that you guys know i've always said this on the podcast and i've been very you know in and out of it um but also i just think it just doesn't really work that well and if it does you have to make sure that you actually have no feelings for that person at all um but yeah that's uh that's the reality of it i think um but yeah just a bit of a weird weird man um but yeah i'm gonna end the podcast here for uh today guys i hope you really enjoyed this episode um i hope that it was insightful i hope that it was a bit motivating and yeah inshallah i will see you next week for another episode but until then take care